Hello friends and folks, and welcome to Scanline Media's 2023 Gimmick Awards, our celebration of the year we had in media and experiences. I'm Six Detmar. I'm Jennifer Uncle. I'm Kyrie Page. And today we're here to talk about the Best Action Toolkit, a category that has gotten bigger every year and at this point had to be split into two. Uh, last year we did just call it Best Action Toolkit or Moveset or something like that. Something like that. This year there's also a Best Fighting Toolkit, because it just it got a little too big for its britches, right? It was just a little too long. And last year the recording was plenty long anyway, so <laughs> not split it up. Why not? Because, like, also there is, like... You know, it's not very often that we get something like, you know, Young Impa from, like, Hyrule Warriors that, like, dominates the move list, right? Mm -hmm. um, oftentimes, like, what we are talking about is stuff found, like, characters in fighting games. But this time... Like, as we've expanded it to sort of include just, like, things that feel good to play, mm -hmm. right? It's like, this is becoming big enough and, and could use two different umbrellas, right? Speaking of which, I'm adding something. With that said, we are looking for one winner and two runners-up for this category of non-fighting game action toolkits. Uh, we could expand the number of runners-up if necessary, but we will try not to. Jen, can you read our list of nominees, please? Sure thing. Pepino from Pizza Tower, Chai from Hi-Fi Rush, Kai from Gravity Circuit, Spark from Spark the Electric Jester 3, Blaster Stance in Star Wars Jedi Survivor, Wild Dancer in Like a Dragon Ishin, Sybil from Pseudo Regalia, and the next one, two, three, four, five, six. Do you just want me to do it? It's fine. I, I, I can do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess if you know the pronounce the pronunciation for each one, go ahead. I do, I do. Uh, these are all from G uh, Gundam Battle Operation Two. We have the Zeku Spy. We have the Jim Gatherroad type. We have the Alex Chobham Armor. We have the Sisqueed. We have the MSN Zero Four FF Sazabi. We have the Woundwort. And rounding out the list is Mega Mewtwo X from Pokemon Unite, and y'all know him and love him, Mario from Mario Wonder. Jen always adding these extra spins to her clear biases. Mm -hmm. A flourish. I don't I'm know that she has a bias for Mario. I think she's just like, God damn, Mario's here, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to shake it up so I'm not just saying from for a whole minute. Mm -hmm. uh, also, I mean, hey, look, shout outs. Let's everybody clap for the only appearance Mario Wonder will make on these awards. <laughs> Yay! The <laughs> game is okay. It's not great. But. I kind of wish <sighs> Mario could do like a flip kick. Uh, not flip kick, like a. In, in old. In like another Mario game, there's one where you could like. You can run for a little bit and you change direction. The direction change flip? Yeah. 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 I mean, the thing is, maybe he can, because as you go through that game, you unlock new moves. And not, I don't. I didn't beat it. I bet you didn't beat it. Nope. So, who knows? That's part of why Mario is here. I would say if it's just like the normal Mario moveset, it's like, okay, this is basically the the new Super Mario Brothers moveset. There's a little bit of modification, but that's pretty much what it is. Um, but the badges you get throughout are interesting. Um 
I could go ahead and I wanted I wanted to name check a bunch of cool stuff that happened in Battle Operation Two because this is my place to talk about Battle Operation Two every year. Um, a lot of these, of course, are going to get cut. Easiest cut of all is the Wound Wart. The Wound Wart is a suit I have really been looking forward to because it's just a fucking cool design. It is so cool. Um, and the way they implemented it in Gundam Battle Operation 2 is interesting mostly because of just, like, the way they did the numbers. Um, it is... So, Gundam Battle Operation 2 operates on rock, paper, scissors of raid, general, and support. Raids... This is, these are usually... There are exceptions in every class. Usually... Raids are close-range specialists, generalists are mid-range, they can sort of be flexible, and then supports are long-range. The Wound Wart is a support that rushes you down with a sword. That's kind of cool. That does sound cool. It uh, it seems fitting because Wound Wart is, as I said, a very cool design. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. What if you were fighting a sniper, and then the sniper revealed that the entire length of their barrel was a huge sword, and they ran at you, and you were like, oh god. <laughs> this is the sniper <laughs> so, that can deal with melee combat. Exactly. Um, so, that's neat. We can cut it. Uh, next up, easy cut, is the Sisqueed. The Sisqueed is a design that's from um, one of the like SD games, the super deformed you know, chibi Gundam games. Mm-hmm. Um that it's it's first it was surprising two designs from that made it into Gundam Battle Operation 2 which is like oh they've escaped this like black hole of like being kind of non-canon right another design also did that from one of the Gundam fighting games this year the Dolmel mm. um and it's just like first of all it's neat that they got out of that the Sisqueed is a uh support type that just has a big gun and the thing about the big gun is it does everything. It can shoot rapid fire. It can shoot a big beam. You can whack people with it. And you can turn on a shield generator, uh, which is kind of unprecedented. And that's neat. But you're not down with Sisqueed. It, I think it's fun. I don't think it's it's remarkable enough. I think it's mostly just the fact that it has that, that shield generator that you're like, huh, that's an interesting idea. Are um, shield generators uncommon in... Uh... GBO extremely extreme i mean like generators this is the first one ever um some like some suits have like theoretically have an eye field which means they take less damage from beams or whatever it's like a stat buff mm-hmm. but like a thing you can turn on that deflects beams unheard of um Another neat one that we can knock out pretty quick is the Jim Gatherow type. This is the one that is uh, a crossover from the Gundam SD Battle Alliance game. They're sort of Dynasty Warriors-like that I think, Jen, you played a little of, right? Yeah, I played some of it. Um, Didn't really hold my attention for long, but uh, it seemed like a neat enough game. Yeah, part of the problem was it was unbelievably grindy at launch, and they did make a bunch of changes to make that less of a problem. But, you know, that's just a Dynasty Warriors. It's fine. Um... The Jim Gatherow type that you can get in Gundam Battle Operation 2, the game runs on costs, which is basically like how powerful are the characters in this given match. It ranges from 100 to 700. Um, No one plays 100, 150, or 200 anymore. That just doesn't happen. So Mm -hmm. 250 is the lower end, and really it's 300. Uh, The Jim Gatherow type is, I believe, a 350. Um, It might be a 300. No, it's a 300. Um, So it's, it's pretty much the lower end. 
and it is a gym that dual wields beam pistols. And it's just like, you don't dual wield shit in Gundam. It looks, it, it's very fun. You're just running around shooting beams out of you like it's a confetti cannon, but it's also really jarring and weird and funny. Hmm. Um, great machine. Next easy cut. MSN 04FF Sazabi. This is the special Sazabi uh, variant they made to go along with some, like, they were making a statue of the new Gundam, and the new Gundam de- designed by default could not be done a statue. It's too back heavy. Um, hmm. So they made a different design called the FF, which stands for Fin Funnel Type. Um, and they made a Sazabi to go with it. And it has two big, like, Basically, you can think of them. I mean, you know what funnels are. It yeah. has two funnels that are as tall as it is that fly around and shoot huge beams. They're very fun. I think it comes down to the Zekus Vi and the Alex Chobham armor. The Alex Chobham armor probably loses, but I'll let you. I'll let you hear the pitches. Okay. So the Al- Alex Chobham armor you two are familiar with from a Gundam 0080 War in the Pocket. Hmm. Uh, the Alex is the main Gundam of that show, and it was in the game already, and it's just normal form, right? Where it is just like this blue and white Gundam with a wrist-mounted Gatling gun, and it's cool, right? It is very cool. But when it first appears in that OVA, it is covered in armor called the Chabam armor, um, and it gets blown off and reveals the Gundam pretty quickly, but... In a pretty dramatic reveal, if I recall correctly. Totally. Totally. It is like, haha, we got him, and then, you know, steps out of the smoke, very Dragon Ball Z in that way, almost. Except for way more horrifying, because then kills people. Um, mm-hmm. In this game, they finally added the Chabam Armor version of the Alex, and it is a machine that, like, is very sluggish and slow. And so the game, there's a thing called Stagger, right? I'm aware of the stagger. (laughs) It's basically like like hit stun, right? Mm -hmm. Like from a fighting game. Um, You get hit and your your mobile suit literally staggers. There's an animation of them like stumbling as they were hit by an attack. And during that time, they can switch to another weapon and hit you again and they do a combo, right? Um, For most weapons, until it loses 50% of its health, the Chabamara Alex does not stagger, period. Holy, holy shit. <laughs> it's wild. It's like, it's like, you, you, you just turned off part of the game. It feels like you're hacking. It's so crazy fighting one of these things. And you're like, that's not, this isn't, oh God, this oh is, God. This isn't how this is supposed to go. <laughs> and then you destroy the armor and it's a normal machine again. But like. It's just a Terminator, and it's incredible. <laughs> Does it get the armor after every respawn? Oh yeah, every respawn. It's really, it's really something. <laughs> that is, that is something to be able to like. Wasn't there like there was a machine last year that I think you talked about that basically, or it was either a year ago, or two years ago. I can't remember. Like I think when they introduced Equiply, which basically turned off like basically turned off a mechanic in the game yes yes so that was when we introduced that was uh it would the quebly was affected by it badly but it was when they introduced the unicorns because the unicorns have the like the psycho jammer Mm -hmm. that basically seize control of any weapons that are being used psychically so um which is how funnels work in gundam 
you tell me there's yeah, psychic this... powers in Gundam? A couple, a couple. We don't like to talk about them. Like... Old types only. <laughs> <laughs> but there's another mobile suit that you want to talk about. What's the other one? <laughs> the Zekusvai is a really wild, just like... Um, I'm looking at a picture of the Zeku Zwei right now. Um, uh huh. Hmm. It's really so. It's from a uh, an interesting thing. It's from Gundam Sentinel, which is a photo novel. Basically, um, it takes place like between uh, first Gundam and Zeta, right? Mm-hmm. I believe it might be between Zeta and Double Zeta. I forget, but it's somewhere in there, right? Um, and it is made by a bunch of like Gundam designers who are just building custom gunpla and putting them in poses and then superimposing backgrounds and taking pictures. That's how the story is told. Ooh, okay. Um the story is bad. The designs are very good. <laughs> okay. Okay. There. <laughs> um and the Zeku is like the I believe they're the precursor to the Titans. No, there. No, this is post Titans. Okay, I, I, again, I always forget which side of Zeta it takes place on. It's between Zeta and Double Zeta. Anyway, um, this is like a bunch of like Titans remnants, those like the super fascists, mm-hmm. um, and they make a machine called the Zeku, the Zeku Eins specifically, to be basically their all-purpose machine. And there are a bunch of variants of the Zeku Eins. There are different loadouts you can do for it. And the Zeku Zvi is them saying, we're going to strap all of them to one machine plus a bunch of engines, and it's just going to be a wall of metal and death. (laughs) It looks like just a very angry ball of metal. (laughs) It's a very angry ball of metal. So it has um, a list of armaments here. It has a beam saber. It has head Vulcans. It has disposable rocket launchers, aka Sturmfaust. It has missile pods. It has a massive 120mm machine gun. And then it has a long-range beam smart gun. Now, a beam smart gun is different than a beam gun because it has, like, deflection technology in the barrel that lets it bend the beam as it's firing. That's not how beams work. Well, it can be. It's like bending light. You just use lenses. Similar idea. How does it play in Gundam Battle Operation 2? Um, it's like, what if you were playing Ace Combat? And someone was just in a gunship. And you're like, I'm in a fighter. I guess you're a slow-moving target, but you're armored to shit and you have 90 guns. What am I supposed to do? <laughs> so this is like, what 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 role does the Zekuzwai, like, take? Super heavy. Mm. Super heavy. This is a long range. If you close to short range, this thing can't, like, it technically has a beam saber. Ha ha ha. It's mostly there as a joke. You can't do anything. This is like a turret. With an engine on it. I think the... And, al- oh, go ahead. Uh, and I think... Uh, the, the dynamic it has in matches is that the match becomes... If someone has a Zekus Vi, the match becomes about the Zekus Vi. If the Zekus Vi... If the other team can protect their Zekus Vi, you're fucked. <laughs> if the t- other team can't protect their Zekus Vi, they're fucked. But it is all about, is this gunboat going to be left alone or not? Hmm. So it sounds like the matchup right now between these two is a immovable object versus an unstoppable force. <laughs> well, it's it's funny because it's in an immovable object versus in an immovable force because it doesn't move either. It just shoots a lot. <laughs> <laughs> 
based on the description, I think the Alex is more interesting just because it uh, avoids stagger entirely for like 50% of its health. Yeah, okay. I'm here for that argument. I I think I came into this with the Zvi as my favorite, but like the Alex is very cool. And if, if that argument is more compelling to you, let's go with the Alex for now. Okay. Let's let's talk about some of the others on this list. Mm-hmm. I wanted to get take a break from talking, but I realized most of this list is me. <laughs> so, <laughs> to some degree, Gen- yeah. Kyrie did most of the fighting one, but uh I added a right, why, don't you talk here. About, why don't you do a wild dancer, Jen? Okay. Um so in Like a Dragon Asian, um unlike other Yakuza games, well, I guess in other Yakuza and Like a Dragon games, you do get lethal weaponry of sorts, but like not to the same degree uh, as Sakamoto Ryoma has in this game. Like uh, he has a sword, he has a revolver, and you can switch between the two, or you can just be like, fuck it, why don't I use both and deploy Wild Dancer, where you're like, you're getting a, a few slashes with the sword. And when you're timing it just right, you do a giant swivel and shoot, like, 20 bullets. <laughs> or it feels like 20 bullets, even though it's a six-shooter. You certainly shoot more than six. I can promise you that. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's Yeah. It, from what I can recall, and I'm looking at a video right now just to kind of remind me of the style a little bit, mm-hmm. it's about... Well, dancing between, like, using your, like, sword and gun, like, together. And it seems very free-flowing. And crucially, you lose the ability to block. Hmm. Um, so it's a very aggressive style. You kind of have to go all out. Um, I ended up finding it not very effective. Because you have to block a lot in that game. <laughs> but... <laughs> Yeah, you basically can't use it for bosses, and also, like, when you get to late-game enemies, uh, the amount that the pistol does when you're using it in combination with the sword just isn't enough to, like, do more than a little bit of chip to them. But uh, I think early on, it's a cool thing that you can play with and have fun with. It's very stylish, Mm -hmm. for sure. Kind of related to it is uh, Blaster Stance in Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Um, where you get, I think about halfway through the game, right? And you've been, you like, you have your cool double lightsaber that can split into two lightsabers, or you can just use as one lightsaber and, you know, you're getting little parts to modify it and stuff. And you show up at the Jedi temple at a Jedi temple, uh, and you meet some other Jedi and it's like, wow, other Jedi. And one of them is like, Hey, here's a gun. (laughs) (laughs) And you're like a gun. Uh, we're Jedi? My master told me that only, like, you know, like, it'd be it's dishonorable. A, it's to an uncivilized weapon. Exactly. And they'd be like, funny, where's your master? And you're like, dead. Like, yeah, that's what I thought. Use the fucking gun, kid. <laughs> <laughs> and so Blaster Stance is much like Wild Dancer. You have a blaster and you have a lightsaber, one in each hand. Um, It's pretty fun. I think... If there's a downside to Blaster Stance, for me at least, it's that it changes your saber movements to be very, like, rapier style. Like, a lot of, like, thrusting attacks and mm-hmm. stuff, and I don't think they feel as good, but mm. pretty wild, you just have a gun. <laughs> Is it more effective than Wild Dancer? Yeah, yeah, it's, I like, it, 
is a it is a perfectly practical combat option. Um, that said, I don't think it is as like I think the moment of being handed the gun is perhaps cooler than using it, which I wouldn't say for Wild Dancer. It is it is crazy in Rika Dragonation when you are given a revolver, then when you use it to like do a like a you know a triple axle and ice skating while firing 70 bullets from your six shooter. It's pretty. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It it feels good to use, even if it isn't very effective. Well, and it still becomes useful to like plow through groups of, of, of weak enemies though. You get other options for that too. But Mm -hmm. yeah, I could see blaster stance go. I think it's cool, but I think also using it is, is like, is the worst part of the experience. It's still not a bad experience, but it is a little underwhelming. Mm-hmm. What's the deal with Pepino? So Pepino is, so this is Pepino from Pizza Tower. And the thing about that game is related to another game on this list in which it, the core engagement of Pizza Tower is in its movement. Like, so, Pizza Tower is a game about moving through um, various levels, forwards and backwards, because once you get to the halfway point of a level, you basically have to run, like, you reach the end of a level, and then you have to turn around and run back um, to the mm. entrance. And thus, like, all of Pepino's, like, movement abilities are about interesting ways of moving about the space. It's a very momentum-based game, Um and Pepino has the ability to, like, like the longer you hold down, like, left or right on the controller, he runs a little faster and faster and faster to the point where he's scrambling. But in that scramble state, you can climb up walls and bounce off of certain objects. Um, but also you can use that built-up speed to crouch and do basically a shine spark. Um, oh, yeah. speak my language. <laughs> Yeah, so one of the like more advanced movement options is basically you're running at a full sprint, and there's a really satisfying sound effect when you're running at full sprint. You hit down on the D-pad, he charges up, and then he just springs like, like vertically, like perfectly vertically. But then you can hit another dash button to fling yourself out of that. Like, Pizza Tower is a game about basically being in an absolute mad dash at all times at all fucking times, especially during the escape sequences. And he also has like a roll. If you, um, or it's hitting up, like causes the shine spark. It, it took a little bit to like wrap my head around it because down lets you like roll and, you know, mm. go into smaller spaces and things like that. You can grab enemies. You can like pile drive them into the ground, kick off of them, use them for momentum. Like, the, the core enjoyment of Pizza Tower is how fun it is to run around as Pepino. Um, and he also has, like, just a parry move in which he just strikes a cool pose. But if you get hit, like, you don't have to worry about taking damage in Pizza Tower. Like, you're basically invincible and it only affects your grade at the end of um, a level. But if you are about to get hit and you do the pose, you get, like, you maintain your momentum which is the important part. Like in a game about momentum, it gives you a lot of tools to like like rapidly change your own trajectory and 
like it's just really it's really fun when it all comes together yeah if it helps you picture this six uh I have I've played a bit of Pizza Tower and I haven't played the game that folks referred to it, but uh, everyone I've talked to that mentions the game basically says it's like Wario Land 4. Oh, it is very explicitly like I think even in the Steam description, it's like, yeah, we're basically making our own version of Wario Land 4, which Wario Land 4 is a another like that is a game that is built around like Wario's interesting movement. Um hmm. And Pepino has like a lot of that DNA in there with its own like twist to it. But again, it feels really fucking good to run at full sprint, charge a shine spark, uh, charge essentially a shine spark to jump up into the air and then fling yourself out of it to like get the through t- a gap. If I had heard the two pitches of like one shine spark, because God, I love a shine spark. Shine sparks but- are cool. Uh, also the, like, you complete the level and then you have to go back, so it's like you're, like, you start the level by doing an exploratory run, and then you have to use that knowledge to escape again. That's really smart. Uh, if I'd heard this, I would have played Pizza Tower by now. Here's the, you want to know the even funnier thing? You can take a second lap in the run. Like, you have a time, in the time limit, where there is, like, a massive pizza that is going to, like, eat you. Right, you get like a minute and a half, two minutes, depending on the level. But you could jump over the entrance, hit a warp point, go back to the end of the level with the same amount of time you have remaining, and run through the level again. <laughs> That's how you achieve P rank. That's sick. The P stands for pizza. Oh, okay. Thanks for clearing that up for me. <laughs> You're welcome. Like that's that's strong. Uh. Pepino is a really strong contender uh, on this list. Like, when it comes to the joy of, like, movement and action, like, Pepino is up there. Um, And it's, like, iterating on a great, you know, platforming design in the Wario Land series, right? Those mm -hmm. games are really cool, and they have really cool, great movement mechanics. Uh, Spark from Spark the Electric Jester 3 iterates on dog shit mechanics and makes them amazing because all the 3D Sonics are fucking terrible and Spark is really fun. I will Jen's give, making a face. I will <laughs> say no comment to the all 3D Sonics are terrible, but uh, Spark does feel very good to control. Do you think any... Sp- and I'm I'm not going to take this the second step to make you say something you will regret. I promise. But do you think Spark plays better than any 3D Sonic? I think it plays better than like one or two 3D Sonics at at the very least. <laughs> okay. I I no. I'm gonna shut up before I start a pointless fight. A pointless <laughs> fight that both of us regret. But if you were to be like but I mean Sonic Frontier I think I would walk out of the room (laughs) Sonic Frontier is fun but not because of the quality of the platforming it just has it just coasts on really incredible vibes okay that's fair that's fair wait Frontier or Forces Frontier Frontier Frontier. the one that you really like Jen yeah I, I, I do like the platforming a bit more in Frontier uh not not better than Spark, but uh, I do think that Frontier is an interesting direction for Sonic that I'm excited to see them expand. Taken in the context of 3D Sonics, I agree. But what is, what is really special about Spark the Electric Jester 3? 
Spark is really like it's very kinetic, it's very fast, and yet it's you always have a lot of control and it's very fun. So you have a lot of mechanics you associate with Sonic. You have, for example, the homing attack, right? Mm-hmm. Um you also have like a combat system that I don't care about, frankly. They have there's like a parry and stuff in it, but it's like the the combat's Given that they make you do combat, the combat system is pretty good. I'm not talking about the combat <laughs> Like, you know, like, person drowning in picture, this isn't about her. <laughs> right? see, I, see, the combat's the one part where I think most Sonic games are better than Spark, because uh, the combat Quite feels possible. awful to me. I think once you learn the combat system in Spark, it's okay. They think it's better than okay, I don't agree with them. Um... But the movement is, like, you have, you know, as I say, you have the homing attack, right? Which is used, you know, for combat, but mostly for, like, platforming. It's combat as as a as a interlude to, to platforming and letting you get across gaps. You have stuff like the sort of, like, the ring dash, you know, from, from adventure and stuff, basically. You also have various ways to, like, generate momentum from nothing by, like, air dashing and, you know, like... The physics are great, so depending on when you jump on, like, running on ramps and stuff, it it determines your trajectory and speed. There's a lot of great, like, grinding and grinding mechanics, and just the tuning on it is all impeccable. Your intent is pretty much always represented. You're always going very fast, but you also have level design that allows you to react to what's happening, which is something that Sonic has sometimes struggled with. Mm. Uh, I just think it's, it's... It just feels fun as hell. You're just you're just grinning when you play that game and you get going. It's very fun. Um Sounds like it sounds like one that we want to earmark for now. I I would like to hold on to it for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um I could cut Mario from Mario Wonder. I did want to give him a little a little name check, you know, to Mario Mario. I should have I should I'm sorry, I should have written Mario Mario. That's right. Yeah, it's his full name. I, I do think it's pretty cool that uh, you can add and remove badges that more or less let you choose the flavor of Mario platforming you want. I think that's the worst thing about the game. It, at that point, like, it's hard for it to find, like, interesting movement. Like, like okay, like, it's really cool that you can get the Mega Man X wall kick, right? But, like, mm-hmm. unless the level, like, the levels were basically signposts, like, hey, you might want to use the wall kick here. Like, it's not really a requirement to, like, you know, to get through many of these levels. Like, you will do just fine in basically every level if you go with the default loadout of, like, being able to inflate a giant cap and slow your fall. Like this This is the exact problem, right? I think these abilities are cool, and I think, in theory, the ability to swap them out is cool, Jen. But what the effect it has on gameplay is that one, you can never have two cool abilities at the same time, and two, they can never design assuming you have it. And the level design suffers so, so much. Yeah, that that's a good point. Like, granted, I like some of the most fun I had with Mario Wonder was the badge challenges, because they could build very specific challenges around, like, that sort of movement, like, tech. But, like... Other than that, throughout the main levels, I was like, okay, this is kind of, like, nice, but, like, it it was nothing, you know, that I hadn't really necessarily experienced before in other Mario games. 
but and like so, and some of the badges are really underwhelming even when the even when they add new moves right like one of the badges gives you like the little like underwater kick that accelerates you for a brief moment and mm-hmm. it's like that should just okay. be default that should just like, be yeah. there <laughs> this should just be in the game i don't yeah. It doesn't enable much. It just makes this less exhausting. Yeah, I, I guess especially when you compare it to something like Mario 64, which just, uh, it, it feels silly to be bringing up a game that's uh, almost 30 years old at this point, but uh, just the way that it starts with, okay, you can basically get through most of the levels using the most basic movement, but like if you really experiment to play around, you can find all sorts of interesting ways you can make mario move or uh, one one game that i was thinking about that is getting a remake this year is mario versus donkey kong and that has a lot of interesting like challenges built around like mario's movement and like wonder just kind of wonder is meant to just be like it's just meant to be able to be played by anyone which is fine to be clear mm -hmm. but also at the same time it's like there's no real way to, in, like, gosh, I, it was kind of disappointing when I found out, like, you know, Mario plays the exact same as Luigi, exact same as Daisy, the exact same as Peach, right? And it's like, yeah. you could do some, like, the most interesting part of, like, Mario 2, like, was choosing a different character to approach the challenge in a different way. Yeah, it's a bummer. Mm-hmm. Um, Mega Mewtwo X and Pokemon Unite. One of the they added Mega Mewtwo X and Y this year for the anniversary mm-hmm. of Pokemon Unite, which is of course the Pokemon MOBA, right? The Pokemon MOBA. Um, last in in I think it was November, it might have been December. They added a special marker to uh, Mega Mewtwo X and Mega Mewtwo Y. Which is, if you hovered over him, it said EX in, like, sparkly, like, silver and, like, holographic font, right? Mm -hmm. And I was like, ooh, EX, what does this mean? Maybe there's a special skin I can get for him. Maybe I can... And I went to the page, and they're like, this badge indicates that they are about to be banned from ranked. (laughs) (laughs) They are too strong? Oh, boy. (laughs) Um, Yes. Mega Mewtwo X is so far, along with Y, the only Pokemon that can use Mega Evolution in Pokemon Unite. Uh, What this means, mechanically, is that Mega Mewtwo X has a series of, like, psychic attacks it can do. And if you are using them on other players, you build up a meter. When that meter hits max, you turn into Mega Mewtwo X. And suddenly, in addition to being, like, a magic nuker who's quite strong you have the best regular attacks in the game. Uh, and so suddenly it's like, it's like, what if, if a mage cast fire four times, suddenly they turned into the juggernaut. Oh my God. <laughs> it's so fun. <laughs> but um, they have given up on balancing it. <laughs> great. Great. You love to see it. Um, I, uh, Mega Mewtwo X carried me to veteran rank this year, and I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> Him and Slowbro, but Slowbro didn't come out this year. No. Slowbro was, uh, like, base game, if I recall. Slow- yeah, Slowbro was launched, and Slowbro's fantastic. Um, but, 
Yeah, I I like Mega Mewtwo X a lot. Um, I guess I, it is one where I'm like, I could see it making the top. I could also see it getting cut. I need to hear how people feel about other things. Okay. Um, you know, no, even with what's even with what's kept here, like. If we're keeping, I like for the moment. I, I I think it's not as strong as Peppino and Spark, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like at that point, do I think it's going to be the third? I doubt it. So I'll cut it. Okay. Um. I have another one that I think we can cut. Um. That will be uh Chai from Hi-Fi Rush. Like. I I enjoyed my time with Hi-Fi Rush. I thought it was a pretty fun game. It is a Devil May Cry style character action game in which like the idea is that your combos are like you want to hit the button to the beat of the music. And hitting it on the beat is the thing that allows you to unlock more powerful moves and more powerful attacks. And I think that's kind of fun. It just like didn't necessarily click for me, but I appreciate the attempt to make a genre as complicated as character action a little bit more accessible by like, okay, you're tapping the button to the beat. Like, in some ways, like, some of the advice you get for playing character action games is being able to consistently hit buttons in a rhythm that allows you to access different moves anyway. This just makes it a lot more explicit. Jen, you played a fair bit of this game, game at least on stream. How did you feel? Yeah, I I feel I think it feels pretty fun to play. Um, I had a decent time with it, but uh, I do think that uh, there are some options here that are probably a little bit stronger. I think for me, I ended up not not getting that into Hi-Fi Rush because I feel like it has the same problem as like Bullets Per Minute or Metal Hellsinger, which other people will say what problem right um but personally i find that action games are not consistent in like the tempo of things that happen you have speed ups you have slowdowns in the action and trying to force those things onto a beat i think makes it feel wrong to me hmm. So uh, to me, it always felt off. Like it was certainly well-made and very ambitious and very considered. Like the things they do are really smart. I just think their core concept is almost impossible to make feel right to me. I will say it also, like, I don't know if this will get a, like, we'll talk about it in any other category, but like the animations in high fi Rush are really spectacular. Very um, impressive. Yeah. Yeah. Like there is something really fun about doing your basic like light 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 heavy into like whatever combo you're doing it feels nice to do because it looks nice to do mm-hmm. yeah that's cool for sure uh i know absolutely nothing about gravity circuit i don't know what genre of game that is gravity circuit is basically Mega Man x with a grappling hook um Okay. So Gravity Circuit is um God, sorry. They give you a grappling hook in Mario, but it's just another badge. So you can't design around you can't design around a grappling hook. That's the great thing about Gravity Circuit is the fact that like the the grapple hook is part of your base toolkit. So nice. instead of having a blaster, you have a melee attack and you have the grapple. 
And the way these two interact with each other are really interesting because you can like dash and then jump over a pit, use the grapple hook, you know, in ways that you would expect, right? Like, oh, I fling it diagonally, hit the ceiling, and then swing across like a pit. That's like known. But one thing that's really fun is the melee combat allows you to combo and kick like dead enemies into the air. So there's something really fun about like doing your basic combo, flicking them into the air, grabbing them with the grappling hook, and then flinging it at another enemy. Because this is another game in which you are meant to use like like a little bit like Pizza Tower, or Pizza Tower, you're supposed to be able to grab enemies and then throw them at other enemies uh, to get through the mm-hmm. level. Um, Gravity Circuit does a similar thing where the ability to grab, like you can grab missiles, you can grab like dead enemies, you can even grab like parts of an enemy off of another enemy and use them for like double jumps. You can use them for throws. It's really cool. Um, Kai also, you get various upgrades that change the way you interact with the game. Like you get a slide, you get a dive kick, you get a lot of like really fun, flashy tools. And it's like, but the basic movement of like doing your basic melee combos and incorporating the grapple hook into it is really satisfying. It makes a really satisfying sound too. That sounds pretty good. I wonder if it, it has what it takes to compete with our two other platformers here. Mm. I, I I think it does. Um, partially because, well, I'll let Kyrie talk about... I'll, I'll, I'll let you talk about why you like Pseudoregalia before I get into the stuff I don't like about it. Oh, okay. Oh, I was, ta- I was talking about Pizza Tower and Spark. Oh. But. I think... I think- Pizza Tower and Spark are locked, like Pepino and Spark are locks, and we're determining a, th- well, and we're determining our third. Well, let's at least talk about, about Sybil from Pseudoregalia, so sure. we talk about everyone, and then yes, we can start yes. making some decisions. Okay, okay. So, uh, Pseudoregalia is a PS1-inspired uh, platformer game in which it is all about movement, which is a theme this year, uh, it seems. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's about movement within a 3D space, which is... A little tricky to make really satisfying. Um, I mean, 3D platformers have done this for a long time, but I think what is special about Sybil and Pseudo Regalia is that it is like it is a short game built around interesting 3D movement. Um, like one move I want to. Sh- so Sybil has this like tonfa that she uses that she can also use as a pogo stick one point so you have a move in which like you leap into the air and then you slam into the ground and you get more momentum like vertically and then you can kick off of that to reach higher platforms or wall jump or like there are things in the environment that allow you that give you another jump based on Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. the thing that is really fun about pseudo regalia is that it builds out these world, like, sections of the world that are, you get a new move, like a double jump, or you get the pogo stick, like, attack, um, and they're able to build challenges built around that. And it's about finding your way through the world, and there's 
it's just like a joy to like move about. And also there's some really slick animation to it. Um, she does like a dragoon pose when you're standing on top of a spire and then flips off of it when you um, jump around. It's just really nice. See, when, when you when you look at all the moves like that, it is a pretty cool game. The part where it's a Metroidvania and you're basically, you have to unlock those moves by going through various doors and stuff like that just sucks all the fun out for me. Like, uh, the fact that you have to go an hour or longer to get, like, the double jump or a ball jump or things like that, and just knowing that this character is capable of it but can't do it just yet, like... It works okay, okay when that's, like, in a 2D Metroidvania sort of situation, but, like, in a fully 3D game, one where you're never entirely sure where you're able to go just yet or where it expects you to go, it fucking sucks. Like it, I, do, do you feel like it's a case where you are bristling against, like, a, the concept of a 3D Metroidvania, or does this character feel like they their starting moveset is not enough? Their starting moveset is not enough, not by a long okay. shot. Which is a shame, okay. because, like, the later moves that you get really open up, like, the possibility space. Like, there's, like, a tricky jump in one section in which, like, it's a bunch of hanging pillars over this, like, lava bath. And, like, the way that you can leap off of the sides of the pillars felt really good to do. Like, it felt really good to solve the various movement puzzles that the game presented it just mm -hmm. also the problem is the problem if i the problem with pseudo regalia though is that its level design like has a lot of gray corridors and like castle-like interiors that it is confusing to move through and you don't get a map and there is a joy in exploring the space in moving through it but it is a little frustrating to like go down a hallway and then be met with a dead end for a move you don't even like it doesn't necessarily signpost like your ability to traverse that space very mm -hmm. well like you you know you you never want to be at a point in which you think oh is my is my limitation the thinking that i've applied to the character or do i just not have the tool to get through it that's always exasperating yeah 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 it, Which is a shame, because I really like Pseudo-Regalia as a game, but, like, I think it's a really cool thing that they've made. Um, it just has its shortcomings. Yeah. It's... It makes you understand why... It, it makes you understand why Metroidvania's very clearly color-code areas you can get into with certain items and stuff, because... It'll just let you get into areas you have no way of actually getting yourself through without a tool you need to find somewhere else. And, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it's a really bad feeling. I still encourage people to play pseudo-regalia for its movement, but I think, like, the game that's built around it holds it back a little bit. It seems to me like our top three should be Pepino, Spark, and Alex. That seems about right. I know Alex is a bit. It's 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 like, what was it? There was a person 
Oh, I'm trying to remember. There's a person who is giving an interview about like influential games recently, right? And they're like, games, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to pretend just as an example, I'm going to say it's, it's Hexen, right? Mm -hmm. Like classic shooters like Doom or Quake or Hexen. And, (laughs) um, and I feel like I'm doing that a little with Alex. I understand that if someone wants a different third. I think Alex makes sense because of the way that you've described how it has it's it's a different type of like synthesis of design and also just like how it is depicted in the anime is reflected in gameplay and that's a tough challenge to achieve because Mm -hmm. like you know the whole iconic moment for the alex in um more in the pocket is as you mentioned the armor like slagging off right like mm-hmm. that's a really cool thing and it sounds really cool to have it built like using the existing mechanics of gbo2 which at this point is many many years of systems built on top of systems built on top of systems and being able to accurately reflect like the core appeal of that mobile suit in that game i think is worth applauding <laughs> I remember when it came out, I, I frequent the uh, GBO2 subreddit, right? And I just read, I don't post. But uh, every time there's a new unit released, there's, you know, a post for the new character. The new, sorry, the new mobile suit, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, and often you hear the the developers, like, pitch the machine and you're like, okay, but, like, how does this not actually work the way you think, Right. And so one of the first replies on this thread is someone being like, okay, but like, how is the armor actually? And someone's like, dude, it's so fucking scary. (laughs) (laughs) And then just it became a thread of people being like, it really works like that? Jesus Christ. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I would would be delighted for it to be a nominee here. Um, Because if I if I were to like the knock against wild dancer it sounds like is that its utility does not necessarily match how fun it can be and that's a frustrating feeling yeah i'm cool with uh cutting wild dancer and then if you're cool with cutting kai given its competition in papino and spark then that's our three i think kai can go because like it is really fun. Like Gravity Circuit is a really fun game, but it does make my thumb hurt a little. Um, and also, it you know by being able to buy certain moves, like even though the core movement of the grapple hook and the melee attack is built around in every level, like they do run into the issue of the addition of other moves means you can't build around it necessarily, um, mm. and that kind of holds it back a little. But this is the reason why I think Pepino is our winner. is because Pepino has access to every tool in his arsenal from the beginning. And the entire game can be built around really satisfying uses of, like, of the moves that Pepino has. You know, the shine spark, the roll, the, like, throwing that he can do, the parry. All that can be considered in every aspect of the game's design. And when they add, like, unique, there are unique level um, mechanics, like there's a suit of armor that he can get at some point, but that's, like, very level specific. 
that change means that they can still build around the concept and it feels like really fun to use in conjunction with the core move list uh, that Pepino has. And it's just, like I said, an absolute blast to be able to like run scrambling through these levels as Pepino. I'll also say that uh, trying to keep your momentum is a fun challenge in itself. And uh, adds a lot to the movement, I think. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't think there's any argument here. I think it, I, it's clearly Pepino. Uh, I clearly have to play this game. It it's sounds so, really cool. It's so fucking cool. Again, the concept of the second lap is like they change the music up too. It's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> the music gets even more intense, and it's like it's not just like. You know, you're going through the level again, but it's like, again, that like executing on that stuff that you just know, you feel like you're pulling one over on the game. Yeah, our our winner for best action toolkit is Pepino from Pizza Tower with runners up Spark from Spark the Electric Jester 3 and Alex Chobham Armor from Gundam Battle Operation 2. Maybe next year we should do competitive versus like single player. That might be an interesting divide. That might be. Yeah. Something to think about. We got we got a few months to to consider how we're gonna do it next year. <laughs> yeah. This ever this is our like ever evolving uh <laughs> ever evolving um category. The funniest thing about gimmick awards is that I think about them the most around like the four, five, six month period. And then when we get closer, I stop thinking about them. <laughs> right. Uh, but that is our best action toolkit. Congratulations to our winner, to our runners-up, and anyone who was nominated. It is an honor to be nominated. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. We'll be back with more awards. And until we are, peace out. See ya. Later. Later.